Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Your regular guide sharing tools and expertise to build a life full of positivity and possibility. Here's your host, Russell Thackeray. So today I'm talking to Laurie Mackey. Uh, I've been really looking forward to talking to Laurie for a little while actually, and specific in the last half an hour when we first started to chat. So hi Laurie, how are you? Hi, I'm good today. How are you today? I'm good. And I'm picking up from your fantastic accent that you're not a, not a native of the UK. So where are you today? <laughs> I am actually in the United States, in Southern California. So I am about an hour above LA. Well, we've become acquainted very recently. So tell me, well, tell everybody what is it you do and how is it you're known and what you're all about? Okay. So what I have, and I love this, is Lori's Lemonade Stand. And it is... First and foremost, I guess I would say that I'm a positivity crusader and I focus on women over 40, uh, mostly because I'm over 40, so I'm, I'm familiar with that territory. But, but second of all, I find that women in their 40s are trying to figure out what the next chapter of their life is. And, and that can be for various reasons. One is that maybe you started younger, your kids are getting close to graduating high school and, and moving on to further education, and you're going to become an empty nester. And all of a sudden, this whole purpose and focus that you've had around your children is going to be out of the house, and you're not sure what your focus is going to be in life after that. The other flip side of that is that maybe you're single, maybe you chose career over marriage and family and, and all of that. So then again, you're still, you're in your forties and you're thinking, okay, I'm about halfway through. So what am I going to do with the second half of my life? So I really focus on those people and try to be hyper aware of either situation, whether you are single uh, or whether you are married, whether you have family, whether you chose career and chose marriage, there, there's all these different things. But whatever it is, you're trying to figure out what the next chapter of your life is. And I do that through three things, uh, speaking, podcasting, and writing. And, and those are absolutely in order of how much I love them. I absolutely love speaking. You, I am a mic hog. I love the microphone. You throw me in front of hundreds of women and I'm excited. Like I get really excited. People say that that's one of the greatest fears in life is public speaking. Not, not true for me. I absolutely give me the microphone. I love it. And then my podcast has become a close second. I've been doing the podcast now, Lori's Lemonade Stand on iTunes for about a year and a half now. And have just had this opportunity to meet amazing, wonderful warrior women that are out there doing what they do for other women in their sphere of the world. And, and it's just been such an honor to, to be introduced and to meet them. And then of course I love to write. I haven't been doing a lot of writing lately just because it's been a little bit in limbo just because of the stage of my life that I'm in. Uh, but I really, I enjoy like even writing down notes for today's podcast. I really enjoy writing. And, and so that's kind of been the thing, but that's, that's what I do. So Lori's Lemonade Sand is all about speaking, podcasting and, and writing and reaching these women that are over 40. And so in reaching these women, what are you hoping to do? Is this a, a you mentioned the positivity thing. Is it about enabling, empowering? What's the aim? Absolutely. So empowering. So recently, because I am a I am a certified holistic health coach. And so I really when I talk about holistic, you you think about the whole of everything. And so you want this well-rounded something. So what I focus on is what is called the art of holiatry, which again is just that wholeness. And so that is done in three specific things. It's essentially a triangle. 
with three points, right? You think of your triangle and there are three points and you've got your physical, which is nourishment and movement. It's all about your body. And then you've got psychological, which is about your mind and spirit, which is basically, you know, knowledge and trusting your intuition, that sort of thing. And then you take those two parts and put them together to get to that third point, which is your social health. And that's basically how you show up in the world in all your relationships. And we're talking everyone. We're talking from strangers to immediate family to neighbors to your community to the world and how you show up in those relationships. And and that can be, I mean, you can talk about that all day long, just about the social part of that. But that's that's how you show up in the world. And that is my goal is to help you feel you're never going to be completely in balance. I, so I don't want to use the term balanced um, because there are times in your life where there are focuses on one thing or another. You yeah. know, you might be focusing on uh, creating space for yourself and meditation and self-care. And then there might be other times where you're taking care of an ailing parent or, or a child that has uh, extra needs or something. And so your focus isn't completely about you. It's more on that. So I, I guess the balance comes in your overall life, you're going to have seasons and stages and things in your life where overall it will be in balance. But these things, the podcast, the speaking is meant to empower you to reach through those things and still figure out who you are or what you want to be when you grow up. Mm. Wow. Well, there's only about 83,000 questions I have for you now. Um, so... <laughs> Just pick one, pick one at a time. Well, part of me is thinking, so how is the role of women, I mean, this sounds like a, an obvious question, but let, let's talk about the role of women and how it's changed. So, so why do you think you need someone like yourself? Well, this is such a great question. So we have come a long way as women, obviously. You know, just the way that we were raised the way, and I'm I'm only in my 40s, so it couldn't have been that long ago that this this has changed, you know. And so it's just seeing the way that my grandmother was, yeah. seeing the way my mother was, and my mother's very independent, but she was also a stay-at-home mom and worked some part-time jobs, you know, as I was being raised. Um, I just don't know that we can see our full potential. I don't know. And I think exactly what you were saying, that we have not given ourselves permission to do it. We're kind of just, we're dipping our toe in the water. Yeah. We're dipping our toe in the water still. Now, some women have mastered it. Look at look at Marie Forleo. Look at Kate Northrup. Look at Lauren Handel Zander. Uh, you know, all of these people that have, you know, they've jumped in. You know, they have just jumped in completely. They're the what you call the sneezers. You know, they, they just jumped in and, and said, and then they then they're sneezing and bringing everybody, you know, they're contaminating everybody yeah, else basically yeah. is, is the whole picture. And so that's a horrible visual. I don't know why I brought that up. So anyway, but there it could be worse. It's a Seth Godin thing. Yeah. It's a Seth Godin thing. Um, but anyway, they have created this beautiful space for women. Like Marie Forleo has created this empowerment space that people, that women can go out and be better in business. Kate Northrup, same thing. Like, be in love with your money. Make it a good thing. Lauren Handel Zander, she's got this great book called Maybe It's You. Cut the crap, face your fears, and love your life. I mean, and, and that is all about being, one of her main points is about being honest with yourself and being honest with yourself. And I think that absolutely that's what's holding us back is that we need to give ourselves permission and we need to be honest about what it is we want. And, and for some, that might be 
a stay-at-home mom. Like if, if it were me 20 years ago, that probably would be my desire. I would want to be home with my children and it's totally okay. Well, that's your choice. But, yeah, yeah, because I, I want that. That's what I wanted. My, my oldest daughter has two kids. I have two grandkids and she's a stay-at-home mom and I, I couldn't ask for anything more. I want her to be a stay-at-home mom and be with those kids and she's fortunate enough to do that right now. I still think though, if you want something else, whatever it is, you give yourself permission to do it and you have to find what it is that you really want and be honest with yourself and then go out and get it. Well, this, but, but yeah, this, that's a tough thing. But it's, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's even the perception of being a staying at mum is worth less than going out to work. And actually, what we're trying to, I think what we're trying to get around to you is that, is that sort of rounding up of value of, of different roles, isn't it? And that yes. seems to be the change, doesn't it? The recognition right. of that change. Right. And I, I was a stay-at-home mom for nine years and I would have been a stay-at-home mom longer um, had not life prevailed and I needed to go to work. But uh, I absolutely loved it. I loved that role. I wish that all moms could be, if they so desired, be stay-at-home moms because I think that our community and our world start with what happens in the walls of your own home. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is is that this, this empowerment, this... Um, sneezing uh, and, and such like it yeah. comes it comes from the ability to take risks and build your resilience and get out there and you know right. and and fight and, and right. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the job is it's actually about it's about you know it's about just going out there and getting on with it isn't it and I know I was you were telling me earlier that you um you, you had the sort of studying itch and so you graduated or you um you become you became qualified at a degree in, in later life didn't you and that's that's, yes. that's taking risks. That's empowering yourself, isn't it? To to have your own journey, right? So so for me, and that's a great that's a great intro to this little story. But basically, I become became a mom very young in my life through again through choices that I made, yeah. and so I tried to go back to school. It, it was after my sophomore year, so I'd had two years of high school and I had two years remaining. And I tried to go back to school, and um, it was a tiny school, tiny, tiny little town, um, prejudices and, and things and the like. And uh, they decided that I would be an embarrassment to my siblings who were going if I stayed. And so they kicked me out. They kicked me out of school, which is unheard of today. You could never do that today. Wow. Uh, but that that just happened. And so in later in my life, I felt like that was something that I wanted to remedy. I wanted to get my high school diploma. I had taken my GED. I had an equivalent. I had done some college, whatever, but I just felt like I didn't get to walk for graduation. I didn't wear my cap and gown. I didn't get a class ring. I didn't, you know, take graduation pictures and, and all of those things. And so as an adult, uh, I went to an adult school, a local adult school here and worked on getting my diploma. And it was tough. And, and every time I tell the story, I tell if any kids are listening or there's moms listening or whatever, like keep those kids in school because it's way easier is as hard as it may be for any of you, whether you have to do independent study or whatever, stay in school. It's way easier to do it as a teenager. But I did it as an adult. I mean, and, and I stunk at math. I hadn't done math in over 20 years. I mean, it was just I was off. What's algebra? Oh, it was awful. And I had to hire a tutor. I had to hire a tutor just to get through, you know, some of my things. And, and geometry was actually okay, but algebra I really stunk at. And I remember getting into the last class, uh, taking the last test in math, and I didn't think I did that well. And I just told the teacher, I don't care what grade I got. 
just tell me if I passed or not. So if I have to, so then I know whether I'm done or whether I have to go back and study more. And she said, I passed. I'm like, great, throw it away. I don't care what I got on the test. And so anyway, so I ended up graduating in 2012. I was over 40 and I went into graduation pictures. I sent out graduation invitations. My husband bought me a class ring, which I proudly wear. It's on right now. Uh, I spoke at my graduation. They asked me to speak at my graduation. They had a mariachi band and it was amazing. And I danced in front with a mariachi band. And the thing that I learned right then and right there is that I felt powerful at that moment. I felt like I could accomplish anything. I could do anything. I felt like Wonder Woman. Literally, I could fly if I wanted to get a master's degree, if I wanted to become a doctor, if I wanted to do any of those things, I felt like I could do it because it felt that hard to me. So, and so, so, so when you were in the middle of all that, when you were doing that work and you were trying to do the algebra and you were struggling and had the tutor and all that sort of stuff, what kept you going? Because it's very easy to stop, isn't it? It's very easy to walk away. So oh, where, and I where, say, where are you getting your I, grip from? Yes. Yeah, so I will say that I did set it aside a couple times. Right. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm frustrated. And I would just set it aside. But then it would taunt me. It would just taunt me because I just knew that this was something that I wanted. I knew that I wanted to get that end. And, and it actually, so I kind of hemmed and hawed up and down roller coaster for a couple years. And then finally, what it took was an actual dedication of time. So I was working at a business with my husband. We own a business. And I said, I'm going to take every, I can't even remember what it is, but it was like every Monday morning, I am going to be at school. And then I dedicated myself to work in the evenings and early mornings. I literally had my tutor, who was a friend of mine, who taught math. Um, I also went to my daughter's tutor at middle school, her math teacher. But I also had my friend come. And she the only time she could come was like at 9 o'clock at night after her kids were in bed. So we would stay up. She would come to my house at nine o'clock at night and then we would stay up for an hour or two doing algebra or doing geometry. It was horrid. Yeah. It was just awful. <laughs> it was like, I hated it. And then sometimes I would get up early, early in the morning and try to tackle it again. But I just wanted to finish. It was something that all of a sudden I didn't want to mess around with anymore. I just wanted to finish and complete it. And it was a lot of work. And through that, I felt like I could do anything. Lori's lemonade stand, no problem. Because I knew that I had what it took, the resilience and the power and the confidence to get it done. So, and I get that because resilience is often built by, you know, doing what you did. But I'm just thinking, how did you, how did you get through it in that moment? You know, how were you, you know, you think about people who are struggling and, you know, self-doubting and all that sort of stuff. So you, you dig into something in yourself, don't you? And you think, I'm, yes. go I'm going to defeat this. You're going to defeat yourself, aren't you? So you're going to beat yourself in order to, to win right. for yourself. So I know you've talked on your own blogs about the power of um, you know positive self self talk. Is that something you use yes. there? I mean, did that help? Absolutely. So I would say that up until that point, I had had experiences in my life that had brought me to rock bottom on more than one occasion, and I have learned now through those life experiences that if I ever hit rock bottom again, or even something that's major, some major life altering event, uh, a death of a loved one or, or whatever. 
I know that I can make it through because I've been at rock bottom a couple times before yeah. and, and whatever. But while you're there, it kind of stinks. Yeah. While you're at the rock bottom, it is no fun. Um, I didn't enjoy it at all. But because I've had several of them in my life, uh, now I have what it takes to get through whatever it is. So you're Whatever it happens to be. So you're learning from these rock bottom moments. And that's important, isn't it? Because lots of people become defined by these, some of these rock bottom moments, don't they? Right. Right. And, and I absolutely have. I absolutely have. And, and a lot of them, and I would say, I tell people this all the time, that uh, we talk about the happy middle. Because your past, whether you used it for good or evil, <laughs> whatever you decided to use your past for, is... You can't do anything about it now. Yesterday's gone. You cannot touch it. You cannot change it. It becomes a learning tool, period. Yeah. Th that's it. Your, your past, again, whether you use it for good or evil, is now a learning tool for what you're going to do today. And the other, the opposite of that is true as well. I say that there's no such thing as happy endings because I believe I'm going to live forever. And so <laughs> I'm not going to ever touch a tomorrow. Now, I can plan for the future and, and all of that, but I can't touch it tomorrow. So if my past can only be used as a learning tool and, and all I have is today and tomorrow I can't touch, that's it. Yeah. I have today, right now, this moment to make a difference. Yeah. And, and that's what I am deciding to do. And, and again, you just have to choose what you're going to do. What are, what are you going to choose to do today? Yeah, And it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I meet so many people who hope whose today is polluted by yesterday. And, and, for, yes. all, and then for all sorts of understandable reasons, you know, um, oh, I yes. was chatting to someone who'd had a suicide in the family, for example. And, right. and you know, and that's awful, it's tragic, it's, no one can pretend that's a nothing, you know, that's not, there's right. nothing positive in that. But that still doesn't mean you have to, that still doesn't mean that your life has to be polluted by that for the rest of, for the rest of your life. Because that's two right. people's lives that being adversely affected by that situation, isn't it? Right, and so that's a great um, a great story to talk about because I I know of of two people right off the bat that uh, there was a friend of my husband's that had committed suicide. There's a friend of my daughter's that had committed suicide, and you must absolutely allow yourself a grieving time, absolutely. But at some point, you have to chalk it up to that learning tool, and and then move on with your life. I mean, even like my husband lost his mother a few years ago, and it was tragic. It was tragic. The, the, his family is just close, super, super close-knit family, and it was devastating to them. But at some point, you have to go through or close. And, and that might be a long time. That might be a year later. It might be a couple years later, you know, all, whatever that is. But allow yourself that grieving moment, um, but then realize that you're still living. And, and I don't mean that callous in the least. But your influence of others in your life, you need to let that happen. And I think, and I, 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 it's interesting as you're chatting about this, I'm trying to think of many of the sort of grieving models. And, I, and they all talk about, I'm thinking of Kubler-Ross's grief curve and all that sort of stuff. And you think of some of those different things. None, none of them actually train you in closure, do they? No. I'm just trying no, to think I'm, of a single thing which actually is, you know, one of the five steps of closure. I'm, I'm not, nothing's jumping into my head. I think it's different for everyone. I think it's different for everyone, and everybody handles grief differently. My, my initial response is action. 
And, and it doesn't matter what the action is. I have to be doing something. I will clean out a cupboard. I will, I will take care of the funeral arrangements. I will order the flowers. I will, you know, I will get a hold of anybody you need to get a hold of. I'll call the doctor. I'll call the funeral home. I will, I'll, whatever it is, I will totally orchestrate the entire potluck when the whole family's here and find them places to stay. That's how I deal mm. with any sort of grief. And, and I will, it's not that I'm not crying through some of those moments and missing that person horribly, but that's how I do it. My husband's not like that. Like he just needs time. Yeah. He just needs time and aloneness and, and just to think about where he's at. And so I, again, I mean, yes, there might be some five steps of closure, but it's different for everyone yeah. and everyone's going to find their own way and, and they're helpful. It, it's absolutely helpful. When we had our friend commit suicide, you know, somebody gave us a little pamphlet and, and talked about suicide and talked about all these things. And, and that was helpful. And, and I enjoyed all the little tools, but in the end, it's going to be individual. Yeah. So, so you were telling me. So we got we got ourselves. That's okay. Distracting all sorts of directions here. So a minute ago, you were just graduating <laughs> in yeah, your forties. Yeah, yeah. So no, let's go back to that because um, okay. I was really impressed. I mean, I, I I know myself. I mean, my wife and I've been trying to learn Spanish, and my wife's doing a lot better than I am. And learning anything <laughs> in your in your past the age of thirty three seems to be horrendous, doesn't it? It's, so it's, yes, I admire that you doing that. And like you say, it means that you can do anything. So yes. So, so what? So, what's opened up for you as a result of this knowledge that you can do anything and conquer anything that life throws at you? <laughs> so, initially, it was just wanting more education. So, I think at that point, when I initially graduated from high school, I was instantly drawn. I'm a good student. Uh, turns out that I'm a really good student, and I I do better in classroom situations. But everything I was doing was mostly independent. Uh, but I knew that I was a really good student. I was getting A's. I was I could do anything, and I've become this really good student. And so I, I wanted to continue feeling positive about that student experience. Actually, I went through Dr. John McDougall's program called The Starch Solution um, because there were some things in our life that we were changing health-wise, and it is uh, basically a vegan program, whole food, plant-based, focused on starch solution certificate program. And so I did this certificate program, and then I went through E. Cornell University and got a certificate in plant-based nutrition. And then I went to... Um, you, I didn't go to New York, but in it's the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York and did an online course that took a year right. to become a certified holistic health coach. So that was that was my initial offering after high school. But I knew I knew that if I could get through high school, because then when you're done with high school, you can pick whatever you want to do later. I mean, unless you're going to become a doctor or something where you have to take general education courses, I just wanted to take something that I enjoyed and wanted to do. So I did focus learning based around that and, and have just love, love, loved it. Love, love, loved it. So, yeah. So has that, so has that studying informed your, your practice around... I'm trying to say the word. It's holiatry. That's the one. I'm, I'm trying to, I've written it down. Yeah. You can see that on my <laughs> wonderful post-it pad, but I still can't pronounce it. Took me half an hour to get your name right. So how am I going to get this right? You better say it again for me. <laughs> holiatry. Holiatry. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. And so, you, so, you, so has, that, has that been the sort of foundation of this approach of yours? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I wanted to take, and because I wanted to speak to women over 40, I wanted to not just focus on 
the food that you're putting in your body that, that it's just one element of the whole you. Yeah. And, and so that's why I really wanted to have something that was whole. When you talked about being a cer certified holistic health coach, what, what did that mean for me? And what could that mean for others? And that's where the triangle of the art of holiatry came in. And I did a bunch of research online and tried to just define for me, what does that mean? What If I'm talking about a holistic approach to healing and growing, what does that mean? And that's when I found uh, the art of holiatry in this obscure thing online. And I loved it. And I just took it and started running with that because I felt like that was what I was encompassing is the, the physical, the psychological and the social aspect. And those three things together is really an excellent foundation to life. And, and so that's what brought me to that. And even in the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, they, they, I don't believe in everything that they teach. And, and so, and they are basically, showing you all these different ways that you can eat and showing you all these different diets and that everybody's individual. And I just, I didn't buy into that. I don't, I think we're all human beings. And aside from allergies, we possibly all thrive on pretty much the same diet. And so other than, again, other than allergies or, or things like that, of that nature, um, or tastes like what we like and what we don't like, of course. Um, but I just felt like, no, I, we are the human race and we were meant to eat a certain way and there might be different foods that are available in different parts of the world. But, but in general, if I just take these three things in this triangle that we're going to be doing okay. So is there anything particularly for women that they should eat or not eat? Or do you think it's just a, um, a, a, a human race type thing? I do believe it's a human race type thing. I think that, um, just now I've done lots of research on this and maybe the research will change, but I've done a lot of research on going uh, whole food plant-based. Now it probably just makes sense to not eat a bunch of processed food. Yeah. It's, it's not whole food. It's not whole food. And that's absolutely where I started was just starting to change into whole food, food that I recognized, not something that was pulled from another food. Yeah. Um, you know, not taking vitamin C out of the orange, just eat the damn orange. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, just yeah. kind of one of those things. And so um, if you take out processed food, highly processed food, and go back to whole food, that's a great start. But in my research, I found that, that dairy was absolutely horrible for you. Um, and there's all sorts of alternatives now, so why? You don't even need to eat dairy. Uh, and I know a lot of people have a hard time giving up cheese, but it's dairy is just so inflammatory to our systems, and uh, it literally rots out your bones. It, it does all sorts of havoc uh, hormone-wise and, and just having dairy. It's not meant for us. It's meant to take a baby cow and make it 1,000 pounds in a year. I mean, it's it's just meant to do that. and. And that's, we're the only species that like drinks another species milk. It's, it's kind of a strange thing. So I always, that first and foremost, especially, I would say for anybody, but especially for women, once you give up dairy, all of a sudden your brain fog clears a bit, you get a little bit leaner and you don't have as much bloating, uh, all of that. And then if you consume meat to do it only a couple times a week, um, and then I just, I absolutely try and stay away from, again, the processed food, which includes sugar. I hate to say that out loud to everybody, uh, but <laughs> but I've been without sugar now for a year at the end of November, and um, and it's been great. It's been great for me. It's so I, it's, I highly recommend that. It's interesting how the zeitgeist now is the move away from sugar, the move away from processed foods. I mean, 
you right. know, 10 years ago, what you're saying would have been, you know, the work of a, a mad woman. But now actually, exactly. it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost, you know, the middle way now, isn't it? And, you know, there's yeah. so many people really coalescing into this idea. I think that the new idea will be that sugar is great for you. you know, the sugar industry is going to have to fight back soon and hard, I think. Um, yeah, they're working on it. They're yeah. working oh, on yeah, it. It's in good. everything. I mean, if you read yeah. labels, it's in everything. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. I mean, we've had a, we've had um, another person on who'd um, on the podcast, a very inspirational woman who'd who cured diabetes just by di- just through her through her weight loss and ripping out sugar and going on right. the um, the blood sugar diet, which is very um, fashionable at the moment over here. Um, and I'm on it as well. And, and it's it is interesting how the real, it's really changing. I'm just wondering, um, as women get older, um, I, I mean, I, I can't speak for men either, but for women, is there anything else that's useful for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about mood management, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm putting my head in my hands yeah, now. Yeah, mood management. <laughs> yeah I, have not, I have not gotten into... Um, menopause as of yet. I, I'm probably in the pre-menopausal stage. So I haven't. So for any of you out there that has a, a different opinion, you're welcome to have your own opinion. Um, I, I really focus on a few things and this is to help really with anyone. But I, I do tell women this is that I focus on beans, greens and berries and, and you can have other things, but these, but beans provide a bunch of fiber um, greens are excellent for you at whatever your body tolerates. Some people can't tolerate some greens. Um, and then berries are excellent for just cognitive behavior. And so anything with your brain, if you can get berries in every day, and it doesn't even have to be a lot. It could be half a cup to a cup of berries every day. Um, but getting beans, greens, and berries in, if you can focus on those things and just get them in every day and they come, there's such a wide variety. Just pick whichever one you like best. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you choose. If you hate blueberries, have raspberries. If you like strawberries, do that. It's, it's not a restrictive thing other than just getting those in and what that does is flood your your brain hormones your brain chemicals and your body into an anti-inflammatory state and an anti-fog state in your brain so if you can lay off dairy and add beans greens and berries in with without doing anything else too restrictive or crazy at this point i mean just as a as a base as a start then you're way ahead of the game so you've talked about this anti-inflammatory thing a number of times Uh is this is this is this um so tell me more about that okay so milk uh for example and and meat and eggs and those things cause inflammation in our system and and so that could come about uh or make you aware in the form of joint pain uh that that's a good one Uh, sometimes it's just irritable stomach Uh, sometimes it's just bloating in or it's headaches or uh, it can even come down to like allergy symptoms where you have runny nose and watery eyes and and things like that all of those are symptoms of uh, inflammation and so we fight back by getting away from processed foods getting away from dairy and eating foods that cause greatness in our body cause everything to run smoothly it's like putting the right fuel in your car you, you know, you wouldn't put diesel in a regular fuel car. You wouldn't put water in your gas tank. You want to make sure that you're flooding all of these, everything that's happening in your body. Our body wants to be healed and it has this natural tendency to heal itself. And so if you give it what it needs and give it the fuel it needs, it'll heal itself. Yeah. Interesting. So if you combine 
nutrition and exercise, which you talked about as one of your yes. tri triangles. And mm -hmm. then and then you talked about the other side as being tell me more about that. The, the second Okay, bit. psychological. That's it. Psychological. So so that's mind and spirit. So I feel like we always need to be in a state of learning, whatever that is. Whatever, whatever that is. And so it's talking about knowledge and it's talking about your spirit and, and what you're doing for that. Now, for some people, as soon as I say spirit, they turn off because they think I'm going to talk religion. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about tuning in to your intuition and, and turning into what is what resonates that is right with you. We're talking about self-care. We're talking about a silent moment. We're talking, and, and I'm not talking about going and meditating on a mountain for hours. I'm talking about taking five minutes and sitting down and writing down what your intention is for the day. I'm, I'm talking about a few minutes to take a few deep breaths. Breathing is amazing. And just deep breaths, take a deep breath in, hold it for a second, push it all the way out, all of it. And then do that a few times. It's, it's ridiculously cleansing. And so I'm talking about keeping that intact. Knowledge, I think, I'm, I'm constantly learning. I, I'm always at a book. I finished two books this week, Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. And then, uh, two, oh, that was tough. That was a hard oh, one. That's uh, worse than algebra. I, Oh my goodness. I just was determined to make it through the whole beginning. I thought I'm going to have to put this book down. I'm going to have to put this book down. And then I ended up finishing it. Um, and then I read, uh, I just finished choose yourself by James Altucher. Absolutely love him. He's great. Uh, but I constantly have knowledge coming in. I'm going to be starting interview with, uh, Lauren Handel Zander and the, it's called the Handel method. And that's an online course. Super excited. The price is actually going up in January. So I'm excited to be able to get in now. Um, but it's, you know, I'm constantly working on knowledge and myself and, and making sure that I am moving forward and not staying stagnant. Right. Brilliant. For sure. And, and, and you're a fan of journaling as well, aren't you? Is that, is that my imagination? Oh my gosh, yes. So I, I journal every day and it's not long. It's not long. So in the morning I have this great book. It's called Better Each Day and it has a prompt every day and I write about whatever the prompt is and what my opinion is and I give my opinion very freely in my journals. And so I just write you out whatever me. I need <laughs> to think of, of whatever it is she's touting. But then at night I have this little, it's a tiny little book, maybe like four inches wide by five inches tall. It's, it's just this small book and it's a five-year journal and there's only a little bit of space for every day. And I just put the best part about that day every night, yeah. every night. And so I, but I do really, I'm a huge fan of journaling because it helps you heal. It can help you heal if you let it. I think that Deb Cooperman, she's got this great website called Writer Babes and, and she actually works with women to journal to, as part of their self-care. It's, it's really awesome. But anyway, I have this awesome little seven-day challenge that I want to give to your guests, which is going to be awesome. And I will just tell you the, the URL to get there. It's lauriesleminadestand.com slash journal. And Lori, so you know, is spelled L-A-U-R-I. So lauriesleminadestand.com slash journal. And it is what's available there is a download, and it's the seven-day creative journaling insight challenge. And it helps you just slow down for it just takes a few minutes every day and it's only one week so you can probably do it and it will make you see where you might need to focus your energy on plus it's just fun i have uh word search puzzles every day i created word search puzzles for every day that has these fun words in there and it's all focused around the art of holiatry and journaling and so if you go on and you download that it, it's just fun it's easy and it's thought-provoking 
and and that will kind of give you an insight as to where you might need to focus on in your triangle. Maybe maybe you're okay with the physical and you've mastered. I don't know a lot of people who've done this, but you've mastered movement in what you're feeding your body, and you need to work on your psychological. And but if you go through this little course and download this, it'll kind of give you some insights as to where you might need to focus. Brilliant. Thanks very much. I shall be doing that myself. So uh, do I, do I <laughs> have to... It's fun. It's a fun thing. Do I, well, uh, is a man allowed to have a go at that? Yes, absolutely. Please do. <laughs> Excellent. So you also talked, we also talked before we got chatting earlier as well about your... Hmm, what was it? It wasn't sucking lemons because I know we talked about that. Um, the one, two, three thing. That was really ah, interesting. Yes. Okay, this is great. So I just, first of all, let me just, I'll back up just a little that bit. Was, and I, that wasn't great branding that, the one, two, three thing. I'm sure you're going <laughs> to do better than that. <laughs> I will, but I want to talk about, because I actually did some uh, research on you. And one of the things, because we're talking about resilience, I looked up the definition of resilience in the dictionary, just, just to see what it said. And it said, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness. Yeah. And on your website, you use this definition. A resilient person is seen to be confident, clear-headed, proactive, organized, and often high energy. They very rarely drag their heels or complain. So I was feeling really good about that until I, I read the no complaining part. So sometimes sometimes I've been known to complain, um, but I am pretty proactive in my complaints. I'm, I'm a doer, so I generally complain and, and then I do something about it rather than hide under the covers you know, from the rest of the world. But one of the things you also talked about was that resilience can be learned. And, and that was certainly the case of, for me over my life experiences. I've, I've learned to be resilient through adversity and change. And um, change can either break you or you grow from it. And that's kind of what we were talking about. But this, this is my new concept. I love this. I'm glad that I'm able to share this today. But it's called, it's as simple as one, two, three. One is knowledge. Two is commitment and action. And three is peace, freedom, and joy. And you'll notice that one is one word, two is two words, three is three words. It's try, we're trying to remember what these are. So knowledge, what I have learned from these experiences is that knowledge is not enough. Knowledge is an important step. And ignorance might be bliss, but it's still ignorance. I, I would rather be informed and then make a conscious choice about what I'm going to do. So, so knowledge is great. I love, love knowledge. Here's a great example. Because I'm a certified holistic health coach, I've been trained and I've done loads of research about what I should feed my body physically for fuel. So after all that research is when I chose to become vegan and, and give up all animal products completely. And I've, I've now been vegan for five and a half years. I did the same thing with sugar. I, I learned enough that I wanted to give up sugar and I've now been almost a year without sugar. However, I do have my vices. There are other processed foods that I like. And so for example, I love French fries from my favorite fast food vegan restaurant here in Southern California. It's called Veggie Grill. I love tortilla chips from Chipotle and Sharky's that are down here because they've got salt on them yeah. and they've got a little bit of lime. And, wow. and I just love those. And I, I know that I shouldn't be eating them. I should not be eating the processed oil that's in there. I should not be eating the tortillas. I don't feel great after I eat them, but I just... I'm trying to recover from a food addiction and food obsession and scale obsession and all those things. My knowledge that those things aren't good for me is not enough to make me stop. Yeah. So what it takes, what's it take? So that's my knowledge, right? Knowledge is great. Knowledge is good because you don't want to be ignorant and you want to be able to make a choice, but you knowledge is not enough. Yeah. So then you go to two, which is the commitment and the action. So 
I love this quote by Justin Livingston. It says, commitment is an exclusionary process. So, so think about it. When you make a commitment to a scheduled item like a doctor's appointment or, or this interview, for example, you're saying no yeah. to something else that you're going to spend your time on. And that's, and that's okay, but it takes commitment and a conscious choice because you're excluding other things. Yeah. So in speaking about commitment, it's important to mention motivation. So motivation, because we all talk about that, right? Yeah. Motivation is... I'm, I'm just not motivated. I'm not motivated to go work out. I'm not motivated to start this book. I'm not motivated to finish this book. I'm not motivated to go wash my car. Motivation happens after action. After action. Action is needed to create motivation. Yeah. Working out is a great example of that. Let's say, okay, I'm committing to work out tomorrow. What action are you going to take to make that happen tomorrow? You're going to lay out your workout clothes the night before. You're going to schedule out the time, schedule out what you're doing. That, that's an action step that creates motivation. So if you take an action, motivation will follow. And the key then is to create momentum. So how do you create momentum? You keep taking an action step, right? Action creates motivation, creates action, creates motivation. And that's your momentum. And you keep that cycle of action and motivation going. And, and that's where that happens. So yeah. that, that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying... First, there's knowledge. I want to be in better shape. I know that I will feel better if I'm in better shape. I will look better in my clothes. I won't have a muffin top over my jeans. <laughs> whatever, whatever motivates you, you know. That's that's knowledge. Sugar-free muffin top, though. Sugar-free muffin top, right here. Um, and so I, I just have to point out to everybody that you are now dancing. I, I was dancing. I do like to dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, then there has to be a commitment, and there has to be action. And, and that will, if you take that action, it'll create motivation. If you're waiting for motivation, you're going to be waiting a long time, a really long time. The, the great thing about this is, though, if you have the knowledge and you've taken that commitment, you've made the commitment, you've taken that action, motivation's following, you've created this momentum, the last three things come. And they're beautiful. They are beautiful. It is peace, freedom, and joy. So if you have the blessed opportunity to blend knowledge and then take action with your commitments, I promise you these last three things, peace, freedom, and joy. Peace that can only be found through deep personal satisfaction that you're doing your best, whatever it is. Freedom from addiction and poor behaviors. And joy from your accomplishments. And, and that absolutely can happen. I haven't mastered everything, but I... I literally a year ago for me was on the floor in my bathroom crying my eyes out, big poofy eyes, big huge alligator tears about how ugly I looked because I couldn't get control over my food addiction. It was awful. My husband had no idea what to do with me. I mean, he's trying to console me and has no clue what to do. I end up going to like a 12 step program through our church. I, you know, all of these different things. My weight is maybe two pounds less than it was a year ago. Yeah. I mean, that's it, two pounds. Yeah. I feel nothing like I did then. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine being that person who's on the floor and crying alligator tears because of my food addiction. I am strong, I am healthy, I mountain bike, I'm a, I help head coach the mountain bike team for the local high school with my husband and several other head coaches. 
and I can mountain bike up hills that some people only dream about. I can run. I, I do yoga. I do gym work, you know, all of these different things. And I am strong and I might not be the perfect model figure, but I have found value in myself. Yeah. And, and I can't even imagine being back on that floor right now. So I have peace. I have freedom. And I have joy in, in what I've created and, and who I am today because of following all those steps. So, so really, you brought us neatly around back into that circle where we started at the beginning. You said you're here to empower people. Actually, you started by empowering yourself. Absolutely. And it absolutely has to happen that way. And that's why I believe that everybody needs to tell their story. Everybody has a story and everybody needs to tell their story because my story might not resonate with everyone who needs to hear it, but someone else's story will. And, and that's one of the best things because your job, once you get to that point, and it doesn't have to be your whole life. You don't have to have peace, freedom, and joy in your whole life. But if you found it in one area of your life, it is then your job, your obligation, I would go as far to say, to share it with others. And, and to share and help empower others who might need to be lifted and realize that there is hope. Well, why, would you, why would you keep it to yourself anyway? Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, like when you get to that point, you want to share it with others. It's like going to a good movie. You go to a movie that sucks. You don't tell anybody. You're like, oh, my gosh, that thing sucks. Just don't don't even waste your time, whatever. But you go to a movie that you like. You're out telling everybody. You've become a sneezer. All of a sudden, you're telling everybody how much that movie affected you and how they need to go see it and how awesome it was and whatever. And that's what happens when we do this with ourselves is that all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I figured it out. And and then you have to share it with other people. Um, Laurie. Yes. <laughs> you've been sharing today. It's been magnificent. And I'm just conscious of your time. I'm looking at my um, recording <laughs> monitor here. And I've taken too much of your time today, and it's been wonderful. And I'd like to be able to um, ask you now just to sort of tell people how they can get hold of your podcast, how they can have, find you on your site. I know you talked a little bit about the, the journaling site, but just tell us those things. And I will link okay. to you all, your, all this in the show notes as well, but just so you've said it. Okay, okay. So, so really, I want people to come and listen to the podcast, and, and I want you to consume it. If, if you are a woman over 40, just come over to iTunes. Uh, it's on a bunch of different platforms, but if you go to iTunes, that's the easiest one now, that everybody I'm going to stop you now. I'm really going to stop you now, because I've been listening okay. to it. It's not just for women over 40, is it? <laughs> now, come okay. on. <laughs> okay. Everybody could benefit from what you hear on this. I focus it on women over 40, but the podcast is amazing. And if you want to just learn about the podcast itself, just go to episode 001. And it's a 15-minute podcast that talks about why I have the podcast and what it is. And, and what's it and called? What what's what's this? Lori's Lemonade Stand. Right. Yeah. So Lori's Lemonade Stand on the podcast. It's lauriesleminastand.com to get to my website. There's a bunch of resources there that you'll absolutely love. I'm in the process of updating it. So hopefully in the new year, you're going to have some more stuff available for you. Uh, of course, the journal is at lauriesleminastand.com slash journal. So if you want to download that, that's the best way to do it. I'm also on Facebook, Lori's Lemonade Stand. And then you can find me on Twitter at Lori Mackey, L-A-U-R-I-M-A-C-K-E-Y. It's like you've done that before. Yes. <laughs> Just Laurie, a few times. Just a few times. Just yeah. a few times. <laughs> Laurie, it's been a joy. Um, yeah. I feel really energized. I really enjoyed that. And uh, I've learned it. Loved it. Look, look. 
the Azel my notes. There's Look loads of notes. I love it for hot pink. There's you all these, po there's all these post it notes. Look at them all. Look at this. Look at this. See? <laughs> this is lovely. Great. So uh, it's been really interesting. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I, and I'm, I'm, I know everybody that listens to this will will do as well. And please, you know, head over to Laurie's um, sites and have a look at her podcast because they're great. I've listened to some things. I mean, really interesting. So, Laurie, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time today. And uh, I wish you continued success. And um, hopefully I'd love to speak to you again in the future. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. I hope we really got some value from that. I certainly enjoyed it myself. Remember, there's only other podcasts and with tools and techniques, different speakers and different resources available in the series of Resilience Unraveled, so please feel free to subscribe. Why not also drop across to Facebook and join our group, Resilience Unraveled, and join in the conversation. Also, if you wanted to whip over to iTunes and drop us a review, that would be fantastic. Thanks ever so much. You can get hold of us at qedod.com or at personalresilience.com, where you can get hold of free ebooks, resources, some online courses, and even some coaching. But whatever happens, I look forward for you joining us on the next edition of Resilience Unraveled. Thank you.